Welcome to Podtification, the show where three pastors sit around displaying their sharp wit and their occasionally sharp theology. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get on to the show. All right, welcome to Podtification. I believe we are on episode seven. So we have made, now this one I think probably qualifies as the true half baker's dozen, right? Because <laughs> I think last week- Or, or half, baked. About, half, half baked, half baked. <laughs> this, this one might be half baked. Um, <laughs> well, I was told right before the show that I had to open the show, not because I did a good job last week, but because uh, apparently this might be my last one. Yeah, you're on the chopping um, block. I, that's for I sure. I'm not sure yeah. what that's supposed to mean. I, I know that uh, in my head, I'm going on sabbatical at the end of this week for six weeks. And I figured after six weeks, I'd be able to come back. But well, I think, well the plan is to have some guests, uh, you know, guests while you're gone. And you know, I think the, you know, the concern is that I might that, get ousted. Right. It just might be better with you gone. And so some, there's going to be somebody that shows up that's either. Are any of are any or, of the guests? I was gonna say it's not just it's not just you though. I think we should, like all three of us might want to be concerned. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Somebody comes on here and they just happen to be like that much better than all three of us. And so, uh, what could happen? The scenario could be we have a guest next week, the first guest, then the next week, the second, <laughs> the next week, the third, and then the questions after that week are. Can the three previous the three? guests just do the podcast? <laughs> I have a question for one of the other guests. <laughs> so you know, we, we need to, we need to copyright this the name pontification right now. So exactly. <laughs> Before it gets uh, taken out from under us. That's right. Some enterprising yeah. individuals from the church could stave a stage <laughs> a pontification coup. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on Who that thought, note, let's she, make this Jesse, good. Jesse thought of that, right? Was that your, your the name? Podification. Yeah, yeah, that was that's, Jesse. That's Jesse. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, you could you should write that on a piece of paper, mail it to yourself, and don't open it. I think they call that a poor man's copyright. So, with a date, you have to date it. <laughs> Do I have to put a stamp on it too? <laughs> if you want it to go through uh, the mail, yes. Can I email it to myself so I can text it? <laughs> I can just text it to myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, just a narcissistic comment, but this is true. Greatest Loser was my idea. The Greatest Loser? The show. The, oh, we've, not the greatest, Biggest Loser. Biggest Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we need to unpack that for a moment. <laughs> the biggest loser. The greatest um, loser. Definitely my idea. I've been <laughs> as long as I can remember. Uh, no, I, I. It's not a show, man. It's a way of life. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not even going to let you know how, well, about. <laughs> I've I've heard this story before. I've it's a true story. story. Yeah, yeah. You Me? go ahead and tell it, Brent. So uh, in, when Survivor began, I, me and a friend, Brian Campbell, uh, both came up with the idea of, you know what would be a great reality show? A weight loss show. So we wrote our ideas down and, and sent them to Mark Burnett. And like literally 10 years later, I'm watching TV and I see this new TV show coming on. My idea. He never wrote me back. 
he waited 10 years to use my idea. So, right, you should have should have mailed it to yourself. That's right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> So let's uh, let's go ahead and, and get started. I think we've already kind of technically started, but usually we start with that question: What's big in your life this week? So Brent, uh, how about you get us started? What is the biggest big loser will begin with? What's big? <laughs> That's right. In his life, I, I'm back to reality. I, my COVID test was negative, and hey. so I, got, I got to go to church, got to go to work, um, some normalcy. So. Um, that's that's big in my life. So, Preached a great sermon. Well, thank you, thank it, it you. Was yeah. a, it was a good sermon. It was a yeah. great way to come back from uh, from vacation. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Well done. Thanks. Um, so the, just to be clear, though, the big thing in your life right now is normalcy. Yes. Yes. You, you, I have goosebumps, you, man. That was exciting. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> was, it was. Uh, <laughs> I just I I just like being able to go places. That was I I felt trapped. And so yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say you have a little bit of an extra blessing though because you do have an essential job. So your yeah. your normalcy has been existing all along for the most right. part. The right. rest of us have experienced what you just experienced for one week. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can you can you, I, I didn't want to ask you this while you were technically in quarantine, just because I didn't want to kind of put you on blast there, but like, can you describe to me how, like, how much were you actually like, in like, were you literally like, we're shutting the doors in our house and we're not going out of our house for a week? Yeah, or was, how, like, just beyond, like, how much did you, how much were I, you actually that caged animal that you were talking about? Or, um, I, I went out one time to go get the boys from the airport because uh, they flew in a day after, and I didn't want to make somebody else go pick them up from the airport because they might get exposed. Um, but with the exception of that, I did uh, my groceries uh, delivered. I did everything. Wow, good for you. Well, I mean, I was in a I was in a county slash parish, as they call them in Louisiana, where there were 250 cases, and there's only 1,400 people in the county. So ratio speaking, there was a, you know, I, I didn't go hang out with people, but I went to the store and the gas stations and that sort of thing. So I felt sort of response, uh, an extra sense of responsibility. I mean, if I was somewhere like, you know, Montana, and it was me and, you know, the mountains, uh, maybe I wouldn't have been as diligent because I wouldn't have feared like I, you know, got exposed in any way, but I did have a a tiny fear that I had been exposed some. So that, I was strict. And so. Good job. Well done, Brent. Thank you for taking care of all the rest of us. Montana's just uh, mountains in Spanish, isn't it? Maybe. I don't speak Spanish. I mean, because that's a really unoriginal name for a state. It's well, like. Vermont is just green mountains in French. Right. You've, what is UVM again? the university oh, yeah. of the green mountains yeah 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 but it's in it's in latin or whatever in, yeah that's yeah. in latin yeah yeah which is super pretentious well it's a university <laughs> <laughs> uh, you heard it here folks <laughs> from, from the campus minister <laughs> did you know up until uh, about this is way off the subject but uh eric hernandez who's a professor at uvm sent me the list of presidents for UVM. And until a 
couple of generations ago, all the presidents of UVM were pastors. Actually. Yeah, like for the first hundred years or yeah. so, they were all congregationalist ministers. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So pr uh, pretentious ministers, but pretentious yeah. ministers. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. yeah exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go next just because uh, last week I made Jesse go first. So this week I'm going to make him go last. I have the power. I might as well enjoy it. You're in uh, charge. I'm in charge for a few moments longer and then I'll <laughs> hand it over to you. Um, so big in my life this week, uh, I was sharing this actually with Brent uh, just a few minutes before we got started, but I've spent the last two days uh, upstairs. We have an apartment upstairs that uh, you learned was recently vacated by Lauren and Lacey. We miss you guys. Um, and uh, we've been up there cleaning and getting everything ready for the new tenants and doing some painting. And I shampooed the, uh, the carpets today in 95 degree weather. There's no electricity up there. There's no ACs up there. There's no fans. There's nothing. It was just like- was You're just really selling ready. the place, man. Really <laughs> Good thing you already got it rented. Yeah, yeah seriously. Well, they, it is miserable up there. It's horrible. Miserable. <laughs> I'm they, glad they, I don't they, they can bring their own stuff and hook up electricity, but I, I haven't done that. I'm stingy, but, <laughs> but um, it, it, it was like a sweat box. And uh, I mean, seriously, dripping sweat while doing all of this kind of stuff. But I was saying like, goodness, I slept amazingly last night. Mm. It was so nice, you know, to, to like, there's something gratifying about hard work, you know, the kind of work that like makes you sweat. Um, totally. You know, it, it really does. Brent was saying it cleans out your pores. I think it cleans out more than your pores. You know, like I just, I slept so well last night. Your I'm ears? looking forward to it again. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> cleaned out my ears. Um, <laughs> fingernails? Well, where, where are you going with I was, this? <laughs> it's going more metaphysical. Oh, right oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. Intangibles. Yeah. Intangibles. Yeah. That's right. Um, but it was, it was just a good time. Um, I mean, it was hard and it wasn't always the most enjoyable, but at the end of the day, the satisfaction level was tremendous. And so now it's kind of like go up there and just take a peek at it before people move in and just see everything in its pristine condition. And you're just like, wow, we did a great job. This is awesome. So yeah. very satisfying. So that's that's what's big in my life this this week is just that that satisfaction of a good day's work. Yeah, well, you've done your one for the year now. My one so, thing, yeah, my one, one good day's, day's work, work for the year. That's <laughs> no, right but you're, before sabbatical, you're you're one hundred percent right though about like like physical exertion and like getting hot and like tired and sweaty and stuff, and then just feeling like the, uh, just the sense of accomplishment and like the tiredness that comes from that. That I feel like uniquely comes from that. Yes, um, and it does. It does feel. It feels good, like both your body feels good but then you also like you know feeling tired reminds you of why you're tired and that kind of just feeds back into that sense of accomplishment right right yes. um and yep. so i totally agree with you yeah i think of uh the the book of ecclesiastes which has shown up several times in this podcast um but ecclesiastes and aaron those yeah. are those are kind of like the running aaron, things yeah we'll talk about aaron a little later I'm yeah sure. i'm sure somehow we'll work yeah. him in there yeah um but yeah and ecclesiastes like solomon talks about all of these different things that he's pursued in his life and at the end of the day the only thing that he's found that has any real value or purpose is doing a good day's work carpet cleaning of carpet cleaning <laughs> 
That's um, it. A good day's work. Like I got to read that book again, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, but it kind of his, his culmination is doing a good day's hard work for the glory of God. Mm. That's basically what it kind of boils down to. At least that's always been my takeaway. Now, there's a lot mm. of other good nuggets in there, but that's kind of that underlying, like, this is where he ends up. Hmm. Brent, you look like you have something to say to that. Well, I was, I, I guess I'm, um, I guess I haven't read Ecclesiastes in a while because I was thinking my take on Ecclesiastes, I don't remember what he talked about work. Um, it seems like he was, he had more of a negative reaction um, to some aspect. It seems like Solomon had a negative reaction to the futileness of, you know, um, love, uh, uh, money, work everything but I, I, i'm trying to remember what he said exactly do you remember i'm just trying i don't remember exactly but let me let me see i'll see if i can look it up um and pay I'll... attention to jesse at the same time okay all right i think because it's jesse... fear of the lord fear of the lord and keep his commandments i think that's that's what's that, left from that's end. yeah that's how it's that's how it ends yeah exactly that is how it ends but there is i'm pretty sure there's a statement in there about about doing good work um but jesse uh well, Maybe I we'll discuss that. We'll this. we'll discuss that with our guest next week, and <laughs> we'll roast we'll roast Sean in our if our in our podcast if necessary. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. All right, Jesse. What was your big thing this week? Yeah, um, I'm just going to go way out on a limb here, and I know this will be a controversial take, um, but I've decided that I really like water. I mean, I am I am on a huge water kick right now. I I decided I like drinking it. I like looking at it. I like swimming in it uh i'm i'm all in with this water thing like and and if you haven't experienced it yet i highly recommend you do um so i know i know maybe a controversial statement um here with you guys but 100 percent, i'm all in with water and i'm loving it so uh this weekend uh, if you live in vermont you know it's been hot here it has been hot and hot and hot it's been super hot relentlessly hot and I read uh, a, for those from Louisiana, Louisiana watching, it's been uh, like a normal Louisiana day in Vermont. Like, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Hot. All and, right. Um, and actually, I read an, a, a, a news article um, this morning that said it's it's qualified as a heat wave, um, which sounds super intense. But but yeah, like 90 degrees at night, uh, upper 90s. And at night, it's gotten down to like the 80s. Um, which is not really that cool either. So it's been hot. And, um, and this weekend we went as a family to a couple like different like waterfalls and um, streams and stuff that like in Vermont, which was just so, so fun because like you go and you'd hear the water come in and like, as you're walking through this Canyon, like the temperature just starts to like drop and it just starts to drop and you get to this waterfall. It's just all of a sudden like 20 degrees feels like 20 degrees cooler there. It's just so enjoyable um, and everything. And so I've really been loving that. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and <laughs> was, I'm really captivating you guys as you're both looking at your phone. So I'm going to just cut off. So, so thank you for asking. No, I was listening. You get to the, the cannon and drop 20 degrees. And so next week, uh, if you're interested in being a part of pontification, if you would care to actually listen to the co-hosts when they're talking, um, I, I am looking for two co-hosts. That would be great. <laughs> we, I was, I was listening. I told you I was going to look for that passage and and listen at the same time. And yeah, you know, but anyway, 
continue. Okay. I'll put, I'll put my phone down. I will not read the Bible right now. Jesse. Hey, let's actually, let's actually and, and, change. No, let's, and, let's no, change. No, no, I'm, no. Done. I'm done. Jesse, I'm done. Jesse, 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 Jesse. I was looking at my phone because I was about to say how biblical you were because I was thinking there's a study that recently came out that talked about depression and anxiety going down from just being around a body of water. And, you know, I was thinking of the psalmist. He leads us beside still waters. So I was going to affirm you in your love for water, but I'm sorry you uh, took offense to us looking at our phones. Right. Um, I, I think we should move on. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pastoral juke to, to say, I was looking at the Bible, so you can't get with me. <laughs> um, it reminds me of a time I was working with teenagers, and this kid is sitting here. And I'm like, hey, man, you got to get off your phone. He's like, I was playing my Bible. <laughs> yeah. So we all know what you guys are doing. Um, but let's move on because actually one of the questions I have to ask is about cell phones. Okay. Uh, the three of us text all the time. Um, we text one another. We text as a group. Um, probably most of the people listening to this have experienced texting um, at some level or another, um, messaging whatever on, on Facebook or text via phone. I have a question for you guys. I'm actually genuinely curious about this. Um, I have realized just kind of through looking at my own texts as compared to most other people's texts, like in the, th in the thread, in the conversation, I almost always text with like, with grammar, right? And so I'll include like punctuation, capitals, like double space, like, like there'll be semicolons in there sometimes, like 100%. And it's not like an intention. It's just what I do, right? It's like how I write. It's how I text. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm looking at more and more of the texts that I'm seeing from other people are not that way. Here's, here's my question. Uh, is, it, is it better, more polite <laughs> to be grammatically accurate in your texting or, uh, or like grammatically brief, you know, like, at, at, like as few uh, symbols as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's actually changed culturally. Uh, uh, and even in emails with professional emails, I no longer care about grammar or punctuation. Um, I just want to get it to the gist of it. Uh, uh, it depends if it's like a, uh, like a physician I work with a lot and they, they know me well, that sort of thing. I'm like, uh, can you review this, uh, put the name and I just, uh, a quick question, you know, that is not even grammatically correct kind of thing. Mm. If I've never talked to them via email before, I try to do grammar and punctuation, that sort of thing. But, um, I don't know. I'm kind of like, let's just get to the bottom line kind of thing is the way right. it is nowadays. And so I think punctuation and grammar has gone to the wayside of let's just get it down to quick, quick communication. So that's my, so hmm. I, I kind of go there. So. Yeah, I, I think I agree that kind of the trend is towards brevity. Um, that's kind of what's, what's king, especially in texting. Um, I think email, it, it depends on the circumstance, but I think in texting brevity is usually what, what, the drive is and it's funny because i remember a couple of years ago i read this article about how using punctuation in particular the period at the end of a sentence in a text 
to young people communicates um, kind of a harshness, um, which I was like, okay, that seems weird. And I wasn't sure that I believed it. And I asked some of the students that I had at the time. And some of them were like, what? I don't know where that came from. But there were some that were like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that definitely communicates this kind of a harshness. So like leaving off a period means you're just more accessible. You're more approachable, which is really strange, you know? Um, well, I do dot, dot, dot. Exclamation points are awesome. Exclamation points are great, yeah. you know? But yeah. but yeah, like the period is, that's a that's a texting no-no, which is funny. Um, but I, I'll still sometimes do it depending on kind of what I'm communicating, but I've compromised significantly on those kinds of rules in texting. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think probably I, I I feel like this is a place where I'm probably a dinosaur, and and I admit it. Like like including not. I mean, like all grammar. I'll put quotes in. I'm not like 100. I would do that. Um, yeah. And and I think that I think that's definitely like you said. Like that's kind of phasing out of of style and expectation. Um, but I also think it's not just that. I think it also kind of comes across weird um that people are you know why are you, why are you doing that you know um i'm not going to change but i think it's i think it's interesting that it's like that it is kind of like like culture is kind of shifting in this in this yeah kind of kind of relaxed approach to to grammar in that kind of in that kind of setting which i think is i think is interesting yeah um the next the next thing that kind of made me think of in a, in a text and 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 i know I know one of the three of us is going to think this is directed at them, but it truly is not. Um, is it is it polite to call out typos, or is it rude? Oh, it depends on what the typo is. I th I think sometimes it is absolutely hilarious, and I love to point out people typos <laughs> if if the typo is like something that's really funny. Um, but other times, I I wouldn't necessarily refrain from it because i would think it's rude i would think it just derails the conversation mm. yeah i don't even care about my typos i know what you're saying i'm, <laughs> I, I'm like i don't even care anymore i just uh i uh, i don't even i don't even uh, i just voice text and uh as long as i get the gist of the message i don't even try to correct anything anymore i can't tell you how many voice texts i have gotten from you brent where you're just talking and it speaks or spells out the words that you're saying and sometimes you'll even at the end you'll be like thanks brent except it says print yeah yeah so i don't like i'll I, get print at the end of the email yeah i've given up caring i just don't even yeah. care <laughs> i mean i think i think texts from you brent are always there's always like an element of deciphering right exactly. like, i'm pretty exactly. sure this is what he's saying yeah. um <laughs> almost almost inevitably where you read it and you're like yeah, I think I know where we're going with this, but I've actually used that in a sermon illustration before where I just read one of your texts that you sent to me and it was just so, it was so nonsensical. <laughs> just like words that did not fit at all together. Cause I think it had been what you did like a, like a speak speech to text thing. And of course it kind of, it missed them by just a little bit and then it just didn't make any sense at all. Uh, which actually is kind of fun. Like it's kind of a fun, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Now, I think, when I didn't know you were doing speak, speak to text, I was a little bit concerned. <laughs> uh, but but now now that I kind of get it a little bit, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that. Is it is it better to just gloss over it 
like because a lot of times people if they care about that they'll they'll send a text and they see that they do a typo and i've done this before and then they like retype that word correctly oh yeah you know like i do that every once in a while yeah if it's your and and it's funny because it's like i know that's what like like i can i can interpret that you know i know that's what you meant or like uh, like who's that for yeah you know i I always thought that's interesting i've done it too by the way yeah um well why why do you do it i'm because i have my own reasons um probably probably to to show that i'm like paying attention um i think that's probably what it is um but I, I don't know if I talk, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, um, a little bit of a rabbit trail, but my phone, like I started to try to do like the swipe to text thing where you like drag your finger across, like, yep. uh, instead of typing, you like swipe around. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to do that, like my typos went up like a thousand percent and, yeah. and I stopped doing it. Cause it was like just so many typos in every text. Um, but when I was, when I was doing that, I'd like, I'd text something and send and then look at it and it was like completely the wrong words. And then I'd have to like send like corrections, you know? Um, but I think, yeah, probably Sean, mostly just, I don't, I want people to know that I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably why. That, that is a way better reason than mine. I just don't want to look stupid. I want people to know, I know how to spell that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know days isn't spelled with a Z, okay? <laughs> I know that. I'm not dumb. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So that's okay. my mine is more van- vanity. Vanity, anything, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All well, right. Just, maybe you should just like put a caveat. Like I just do speech speech to text, and so give me a break. Yeah, I, oh, I you know I've long I've long thought about this that um, you know if you get a, a text in all caps you know that means somebody's like yelling right like you know that right yes yeah um i guess i would like to see like i think out of all the other emotions that should be conveyed i think like sarcasm we need like a font or like a text case for that that's a good idea actually you know what i mean like i think like i'm I'm happy to have one that's like yelling because i can either be yelling for like like celebratory or i could be yelling angry but like there's, it's really hard to, to, to communicate like, 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 Oh, I'm just joking around or kind of, yeah. I mean, like without an emoji, which I think you have to, like, you have to use like some kind of emoji for that. But um, I don't know. To me, I think that would be really useful. I feel like probably the best way to do that. And this is just spitballing. And I don't think this is even, this is a, I know this isn't a possibility, but if you could do like the reverse italics, right? The lean back italics. Is that a thing? It should be a thing. I know it's not a thing, but like that would be, cause you know, italics usually leans forwards. I really like whatever image that creates when you say lean back italics. Yeah. I had like a good band name. I don't know. Like I just like I just like the image there. Lean back because italics are so intense. And like if you think about lean, I just I like that. I don't know. That just that's the first thought that pops into my head for sarcasm. Mm. That, no, I think that's. I, I just think that's a big need that you could have some type of font for sarcasm. I think that would be good because it you just don't. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna write that on a letter. And I'm going to send it 
to Mark Burnett. Bill Gates. Mark Burnett, yeah. <laughs> and in 10 years, we'll have it. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Have we talked enough about cell phones? Sure. Um, so uh, we, we have been getting some like listener questions and stuff like that. We love talking about that, just hearing what's on you all's minds um, as, as you hear us talk and, and stuff like that. And so we're always grateful for those questions. And if you have more things that you'd like us to talk about, whether meaningful or kind of really meaningless, um, please send them on and, and we'll discuss them and um, probably discuss them more than, more than we should as we've been doing with texting. Um, but just, you know, if you have a chance to send us, send us your questions or, or whatever. We have something here um, from Doug, which is a pretty interesting question about scripture. Um, Doug says, um, here would be a fun one to tackle, he says. So it better be fun. I, Doug, Doug is telling you guys it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Um, what about biblical dichotomies, the things that seem to be opposites that are the tension of Christian life. Examples right away, he says, are the command to be in the world, but not of the world, or uh, Jesus walking in grace and in truth. So Doug says, answer this question and have fun doing it. Um, you guys have any thoughts about that? Oh, goodness. You answer it, I'll have fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I don't know how I can do both right now. <laughs> That is that is such a that's such a broad topic and a, a broad theme within scripture. I, mean, I think you do see frequently Jesus does kind of like to use these these tensions throughout scripture. Um, hmm. And uh, partly I've I've wondered if the reason why he does that is because as humans we tend to like to think in black and white. We don't live in black and white. We live in gray, right? We're constantly making compromises and, you know, all those kinds of things. But we love mm -hmm. knowing where the borders are. You know, we love to know, like, I can go up this far before I've committed X atrocity or whatever it happens to be. And so we like this idea of black and white. And so Jesus takes that kind of idea of, like, here's the hard left and here's the hard right. And I'm going to say that you've got to have a little bit of both. You know, and and or or not even a little bit of both, both, right? Um, and that somehow these things have to exist in in this kind of unique tension. Um, and I think part of the reason why that is is one because it takes the control out of our hands. Because if we know where the boundaries are, we can begin to manipulate things to fit our own best interests. Um, but to be able to but to somehow exist with both boundaries um, as they are. At the same time, uh, I think brings us to a place where we have to rely more on God who exists in that tension himself. How on earth can we begin to get our mind around the idea that God is one and three, mm. right? Yeah, great um, point. So, so I think that that's part of why those things exist, because it means that we have to rely more on God who is a tension. Hmm. I, I, was that fun? <laughs> I enjoyed that. Oh, good. good. Doug, did you enjoy that? Leave a review. Let us know. Uh, Brent, do you have any any thoughts to add on to that? I think that's a great point, Sean. Especially bringing up this nature of the Trinity, um, which I think is a really, really good uh, tension there in Scripture. When when I think of uh, tension, the one that always comes to my mind is the fact that God, uh, the Scriptures, God's all. It, is adamant that God's in control, God's sovereign, God's in control of things. But at the at the same time, humans 
uh, God holds responsible. So they have some type of freedom themselves. And there's a, uh, a famous book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer. And he, he calls this tension um, uh, an antinomy, which uh, basically means something that seemingly is contradictory, but it's not really. And he uses the example of a, a light. Uh, light can be either a wave or a particle, and we don't understand that. I mean, even science still doesn't understand that. And there, you know, there, there's physics uh, uh, still built building theories around that. Uh, but I think of some truths in scripture are like that. You know, we can't fully under, understand it. The other analogy that I was taught as a young Christian, which is helpful to kind of accept the dichotomies of some things. Um, you know, for example, we use that one tension of God being sovereign and people have, you know, people are still responsible for their actions um, if you look at a down a railroad track, um, and, you know, and if you're just standing on some railroad tracks, you look down and it looks like they actually come together mm -hmm. the, the further you look, but they're actually just running parallel to one another. And, and I think that's the way some truths really are as far as in the metaphysical world, if you will. So uh, anyway, not too fun of an answer, but that's my you mean some 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 truths uh appear, appear one way from our perspective right but given a broader perspective you're able to see them more clearly exactly yeah no i think that's a really really good point yeah i think that fits well with the yeah. grace truth one that he brings up right that both of those exist uh, at the same time, and even though from our perspective, sometimes they they feel like they kind of run into each other they're they're not right yeah um i think i remember and um maybe you guys can contribute this but i i think i remember reading um kind of that in a lot of ways we've inherited a, a lot of our logical thinking um about about existence about um about the ways that we come to conclusions a lot of that's from kind of greek um, philosophy and thinking um kind of logical progression a leading b leading to c um, and, and we kind of in culture today, we like that, um, that progression of thought and the way that one thing means another thing. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, uh, I remember reading this and I'm, I'm pretty sure um, uh, it was the Hebrew way of thinking. It actually found a lot of truth in, um, uh, in like conflict and things that, that uh, were, were in tension, um, things that were unresolved. Um, and that, um, and that they actually honored that, that way of thinking things that, things that were impossible to answer, <laughs> um, or were illogical, um, circular. Um, and they actually found a lot of truth and uh, kind of venerated those, those issues. And I think that's, there's something for us to kind of celebrate there. I feel like a lot of times when we find these kind of tensions or, or dichotomies where we feel like we have to choose one or the other, um, another way of thinking is to say, look at that dichotomy and embrace that, that tension, embrace that fact that, that you don't understand it. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of room for that in life because that's actually the way we live. That's actually like how we, how we navigate life all the time. Um, tension, I think is a good word for it. Mm -hmm. 
this idea, I, I think it's James, right? Consider it joy um, when you are persecuted. Right. <laughs> um, at, like we're completely counterintuitive, completely counter your, the way you would naturally um, behave, but it's part of the cycle that, that moves us forward. Okay, I'm getting persecuted. I'm gonna try to be joyful in that and it's counterintuitive and it doesn't make sense and there's tension in that. Um, I think that moves us forward, not maybe in the way that we understand here, but moves us forward in eternity. Um, and I think th there's something to, there's something to be embraced there mm -hmm. in that tension that, mm -hmm. that if we try to just make things really cut and dry in our lives, we miss. Um, mm -hmm. So, so live with that kind of, that kind of dissonance. I think, I think that's a good, a, a good thing. And we're forced to do it with eternity. Like you brought up, Sean. I mean, yeah. as Christians, we're forced to live in that. We're forced to live in this thing where it's like, I, I kind of get this idea God being in community with himself. <laughs> I, I like that, but I can't really explain it without committing some sort of heresy, you know? Right. And, yeah. And yeah. Live with that. And that's, and that's good. And, and live in that notion that you can't explain it. Um, and I, I think there's actually, I think there's something um, biblical, but also just, just profoundly um, helpful in allowing that to be the case in your mind. Yeah, I think that kind of thing can can draw you in too, right? Mm -hmm. it, it helps you go deeper because it's this desire for understanding. Um, you know, when you have a question, you want an answer to that question. And so you start this pathway where you're going deeper and deeper and deeper in search of an answer for that question. Some questions don't really have answers or at least nothing that we're going to be satisfied with on this earth, but that draws us closer to the Father some people that's going to push them away right and so that's a that's its own unique kind of tension but but for me at least you know, it feels like like when you try and put two like poles of magnets together you know yeah. you're just kind of like oh i love that it is such a satisfying like satisfying tension you know like the feel yeah. of that when you push them together and they push back on you and it doesn't feel like there's anything there but you know that there is something there you know, mm. for me, that's satisfying. You know, it's like, it's engaging. Look, that was fun. We got, we got around to it being fun. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Brought it back to magnets. Magnets are fun. Magnets are always 100%. fun. hundred percent. Thank you, Doug. Great question. Um, I hope we sufficiently answered that, but also didn't answer it um, so that you feel that tension and then that you can grow from that, Doug. Um, no, actually <laughs> I would say I, I could have answered it, but I wanted to leave some tension. So I yeah. Didn't. Well, you oftentimes leave tension everywhere you go, Brent. Um, <laughs> I, I have always said that about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so again, Doug, thank you for the question. Appreciate that. Uh, and and if you are, uh, if you're listening to this, um, we we encourage you go ahead and send in you know questions. You can post them in the comments or whatever if you have stuff both biblically, um, non-biblically that you'd like us to discuss. Um, we love hearing from you guys. And I think it's just so great. I mean, I, I know I personally find it. So um, I'm just going to go just take a moment of personal privilege here. Um, I got a text from somebody last week who just said, you know, I was listening to this podcast and, and um, the conversation about taking Brent's car out of the parking garage actually made me laugh out loud where I was listening to it. I just thought, Oh, that's so cool. Like to think of somebody listening to us, and enjoying it and getting like a moment of pleasure out of that. I just, I'm so grateful for that. So thank you guys when you do listen and sending us in that stuff that it's just so gratifying and, and we're, 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 we're um, really thankful for you listening and, and participating in this discussion with us. So I'll agree to that. I'll agree. Amen thank you. That. 
So we're going to move on. We have a discussion, uh, kind of an article. It's a short article to discuss here. I don't know if it's as much an article as it is kind of like a little devotional um, written by uh, J.D. Greer, um, who's... I, oh, go ahead. No, I, I just, I, I, when I read it, I just saw J.D. and I didn't see his last name. So I was wondering. Oh, yeah. 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 He's one of, he's kind of like Cher. <laughs> or oprah you know he's like he's at that level of celebrity yeah you know, one one name level JD. Yeah, yeah 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 if you know him you know brandon and it's a little bit embarrassing you don't <laughs> jd greer who uh is he still uh the, the president he, of the, still the convention still the president yeah yeah uh also also serves as a pastor um and he wrote this article um it's an it's entitled "Don't Look." It's not an article. I shouldn't call it that. It's like more of a devotional. "Don't Look for Contentment Like You Used To" uh, is the is the title here of, of his devotional. And I thought I'd read a couple sentences from this, ask you guys a couple of questions based on some of the things that he writes, um, and see you know if you guys had some thoughts about it. But I'll just read um, a couple lines here. I'm skipping through a little bit of this to just kind of bring up the salient points. But uh, as always, encourage you to read this in its entirety. And it'll be posted. And it'll be posted, yeah. Um, Before you came to Christ, he writes, your life aspirations arose from a wrong way of looking at the world. What the Apostle Peter calls the desires of your former ignorance. I'm sorry, I didn't include quotes there. It's like I'm texting you. Um, You thought, that's out of 1 Peter 1.14. You thought, for instance, that romance was the key, for example. But at some point, you realized it wasn't quite as fulfilling as you hoped. So you move on making lots of thinking that making lots of money would make you happy. Then perhaps you noticed that the people with the most money didn't seem to be the happiest either. So you thought you'd find it, that is contentment by being the best, but that's a fool's errand too. Just look at Michael Jordan, the guy who was the best basketball player there ever was. I, this is uh, JD um, or just J to his friends have been watching this, this documentary and as inspiring as Michael Jordan's story is, it's also clear that achieving everything didn't lead him to happiness, but to emptiness and an unsettledness. You assumed that life with you in charge would make you happy, but something woke you up to the fact that even that just wasn't true. So speaking of Ecclesiastes, um, uh, Pastor Greer here is kind of, he's working through these different things, ways that, people maybe traditionally or typically understandably have looked for contentment um, in life. And he kind of goes through some ex- kind of four examples here. Um, I actually kind of wanted to hear from you guys kind of from a pastoral perspective as pastors, we oftentimes just kind of walk alongside people in life. Um, and, and that's such a, it's an honor for us. It's something we get to do, which is just um, it's beautiful. And, and something I think the three of us love but I, I'm actually curious, when, as from a pastoral perspective, what are some of the things you would say are, are the most common, like worldly success that people pursue, um, expecting that to like provide fulfillment, contentment in their lives? What are some things that you you just kind of see as being some of the biggest things people pursue? Well, working with college students uh, as much as I do. Um, the, the two that stick out to me, which I think probably are just variances of what is true for everybody, um, 
romance is definitely one he brings that up in there romance is a big thing like so many people are looking for their identity in their romantic partner um mm. and uh you know they're looking for for some sense of of satisfaction or or purpose there right um and then the other side of that if they're not like dating around constantly trying to find that one person they're pouring everything into their academic pursuits right into some kind of career goals there it's that career driven mentality that i'm going to define my identity by what it is i do like by my accomplishments um and so chasing accomplishments. And the thing with that is you always see it's like they've done one thing and then they do another thing and then they do another thing. And they always, it, it almost begins to feel like they have to one up their previous accomplishment or they see somebody else who's done more and they have to be able to do at least that much or better, right? And so it becomes this kind of comparative analysis. But you do see that there seems to be this lack of, of satisfaction um that that starts out and sometimes you're able to step back and you see especially for people who are accomplishment driven you're like wow look at the things that they've done right and we we laud that we praise those kinds of things as a society but um having known some of those kinds of students uh, they're never satisfied hmm. uh getting get to that your second point in a moment, but just to recall your first point there yeah. with relationships. Yes. Um, I think that one's huge. I don't want to go too far away from, from kind of just what you were saying. Um, but I think that <clears throat> that's not limited to single people, right? Hmm. Um, looking for, looking for identity in romance hmm. that can be looking like looking for romance at all <laughs> mm -hmm. or looking for identity in the romance that you already have, the relationship you already have and like, and, and asking that to be something it's not meant to be. Right. Um, and I think it starts kind of unhealthy is kind of what you're saying, what you're saying there, you know, where just the idea of finding somebody <laughs> uh, and being so desperate for that, which, which I, like, I think the three of us probably get like, it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, I remember those days um, for sure. Um, and so it's not so much like kind of pointing a finger and saying they need to pull themselves together, but just that, that notion of like, I need to find somebody and that, and that once I, once I do, then I'll be okay. Right. Yeah. Um, which of course it's just not, uh, yeah, of course it's not going to work out. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, way, it ends up hurting two people. Right? Yeah. I was going to say it puts way too much pressure on that relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but then to kind of just talk a little bit about your second point, this idea of finding identity in academia, I think that's a really interesting point, Sean, especially because we, and, and you actually said this, and I'll just, I'll just kind of reiterate what you said, but I think it's a great point. It's, it's common in just kind of society to say, don't, don't be defined by your relationship. You have to be your own person. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to academia, we basically just play right into that. If somebody exceeds in, in study, um, we celebrate it, right? right. We say, Man, yep. you are killing it at that. Keep it up, <laughs> right? And again, that's not the, necessarily the wrong thing to say, right? But but again, it's like it does kind of feed into this. Like you better do better. You know, it's, you better live up to what you mm -hmm. the standards you've set already. Um, and if you don't, what are you even doing? Mm -hmm. That's that's a great point, Sean. It's a it's a challenging thing for sure um, to come against that as a campus minister um, because the generally accepted 
mentality is, yeah, we, you know, a student is going to college so that they can do well, so that they can succeed, so they can set themselves up. But we're sitting down with students, and uh, this might be tough for some parents to hear, uh, parents of college students, but we sit down with students, and we want to encourage them in their faith walk, right? We want them to meet Jesus if they've never met him, or if they already know him, to grow in that walk so that they're building an eternal kingdom, not a temporal kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. Um, so they're building God's eternal kingdom. And that might mean that we sacrifice things that are, by and large, uh, from a worldly perspective, good and valuable. Um, and that's that's a hard conversation to have, because sometimes it's like, you know what, doesn't matter if you get an A on that exam. You know, like that, that might not be the most important thing you're going to do right now. You know, it's like, uh, I know you've got something coming up, but don't you think it might be better for you to be in church on Sunday instead of mm. studying, you know, or something along those lines. And that's, those are hard conversations. There's a reason that I, I love what you're saying. There's a reason Jesus calls it treasures on earth, yeah. right? He doesn't say don't build up garbage on earth, right? Mm. He's saying don't build up treasures. And, mm. and that's what, that's how we see it. Right. Right. Uh, getting 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 a good grade that is a treasure right that is like valuable um and and i think yeah 100 percent. you know we have to understand that those things are treasures that they are valuable and that we, they are and that we can absolutely kind of get carried away with their value that's a yeah well, that's great uh, brent what about the uh, question the question for you um you know what are some of the common successes that you just kind of have seen people pursue over the years um does anything come to your mind? Well, I find in having experienced myself that there's always a sense of discontentness about money. It's like, um, and, uh, you know, I don't, you know, there's actually studies that say if you ask anybody, it doesn't really matter if they're making 40000 20000 60000 mm. 80000 even up to 100000 typically they want to, they say, if I was making about 25% more, then I would be content. I'd be right where I needed to yeah. be financially. And um, I've, I've experienced that. You know, I've, uh, you know, I make 25% more money than I did 20 years ago. But, you know, I still think, I think if I just had like 25% more, 25% more. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'd be at a better place. It's just a, a sense of discontent. So finances, I think, is one thing. And then I think the other thing is just, and all the things that you want. Um, uh, I mean, marketing is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Um, you can't watch one commercial, all, well, almost without exception, that's not trying to build discontent in you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of the pandemic and what people have learned that they don't need they can live without and actually if they actually like living without it i think that will be an interesting side effect of the pandemic so that's a that's a good both of those are good points i was uh, the first you know just talking about money made me think of i remember reading this a while a, a while ago but rockefeller was interviewed one time rockefeller was like crazy rich i think he even bailed out the u.s government at one point you know like <laughs> solo he bailed yeah. out you know um like he had huge amounts of money and one time a reporter asked him how much money is enough and his response was just a little more yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean <laughs> if somebody had everything he was probably the guy 
you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, to to your second point, um, I've been as I've been working upstairs on the apartment, I've had the radio going, and uh, there's this commercial that keeps well Spotify rather, and this commercial keeps popping up, and it's this ad for Samsung's new phone, whatever. Then I don't know what the new phone is, so obviously the ad's working great. Um, but uh, there, but you, ad, knew was a Samsung. you knew but it was I knew Samsung. You knew it was a Samsung. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. I guess the ad is working, but <laughs> but they're kind of saying, you know, it's like uh, they're they're really selling being one of the first people to get this phone. Uh, like really selling the kind of be first, be the first one to get this phone, be the first of your friends to have this 8K video. So then you can also be the first person to to post your unboxing video of your brand new kicks, you know, in 8K. No, none of your other friends are going to be able to do that, you know, and it's just, it is, it's breeding discontentment. It's like the phone you have currently not good enough, right? You know, oh, yeah. your other friends already have that. You're not like them. You're, you know, you're just, you want to be first. And then at the end, they're like, it feels good to be first. To be first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've heard that too. I've, I've never experienced it, but I've heard it done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I got my, um, my phone at the dealer, like whatever the Verizon store, or whatever, and the guy selling it to me uh, and he wanted to sell like, like the protection plan or whatever. Um, and he said, well, you need to buy this because this thing is not, this, this phone is not a luxury. It's, it's like, it's like utility, right? It's a necessity. Like you have to have this. And can you imagine if something broke on it, you know, you'd have to buy a whole new one. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, I almost just went with it because I almost just thought, well, of course I have to have this, you know, yeah. like I, like the phone is not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not buying something that I, that I could live without. Like I have to have this thing, you know? And, and it's just had just worked into your mind where you're just like, of course I have to do this. You know, I have to. Um, and, and the way that this kind of stuff just wheels into there and I, I, back to your point, Brent, about like what we could do without, you know, um, man, that's, that's a tough one. So the one, uh, I think you guys, you guys covered a lot of the, the stuff that I was thinking about. I think like probably issues, not only that we've seen in other people's lives and Brent, you alluded to this, but we've also seen just kind of in our own lives as, as husbands, as men, you know, like things that you, that you deal with too, but you see other people kind of going down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, here, the one that I was thinking about, um, when I read this was family, um, and I think actually this is pretty huge and actually kind of an acceptable idol in, in kind of American Christianity. Um, so, so consider this. I think that we have made families like, yeah, like, like an idol um, and that you get your identity from, from that, which is great. Like obviously family's biblical, obviously family's good. Right. And obviously you want to be a responsible member of your family. Um, but I was thinking about uh, this. I had to look it up. Jesus says, Luke fourteen twenty five. Uh, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, his own life. He can't be my disciple. Um, tough, tough scripture to read. But I think it's such a necessity for us um, in in kind of culture today and a culture that kind of venerates the the nuclear family 
and how you know you care for each other and you find your identity there and you and, and you're moving forward as a family and stuff like that and jesus says well you know scripture says family's good and you care for your family but understand that compared to your relationship with jesus your relationship with your family has to be secondary hmm. um and i think that's a really i think that's a difficult pill for me personally to swallow but i think for kind of contemporary christianity that's that's a tough one um because family is everything mm-hmm. i think that's a that's a good point. Um, it actually makes me think of the whole ancestry DNA model and, you know, ancestry.com and all that kind of stuff. And they're really pushing this idea, like, you know, who you are is rooted in, you know, who your family where you, where you is, right? From. You know, like yeah, where yeah. you come from and, you know, your, what your ancestry is and, you know, all those different kinds of things. And, and I think that ties into that same kind of idea, you know, it's, it's about family. So. It's yeah, a good thought, but but it's a good thing, you know. It's not it's not in and of itself a bad thing, you know. But of it course, can become yeah. an idol. So yeah, well, we, it's just we, I, I, the the question I think just to to remind myself, like, what do you look for contentment in? Yeah. Right. And if I'm trying to find contentment in anything other than Jesus, um, I'm looking in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, family, of course, being like an honorable thing and something that we of course affirm um, completely. Um, but you need to make sure that your contentment, that your, that your source of hope, um, is, is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, 100%, of course, on the record, pro water, pro family. Um, (laughs) so we keep it score. (laughs) Good good job, Jesse. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that that's out there. (laughs) I'm on, that's my platform. We're going to keep that. We'll write that down and we'll po- post it up in the church. I'll make t-shirts. I don't even care make who knows t-shirts. it. There you go. Pro water, pro, pro family. <laughs> uh. Okay. Shall we move on guys? Sure. Uh, okay. I'll continue reading um, this article here. Uh, Peter uh, referencing this uh, scripture that, that, that I uh, read from Peter at the beginning of this article um desires of your former ignorance first peter 1 14 peter is recognizing how easy it is to fall back into those old ways of living you sense some unhappiness or some discontentment and you slip into thinking you just need more money or you slip into thinking a different living situation or you slip into thinking i need to get vengeance on somebody if you're in Christ, you know that that doesn't work. So don't go back there. Those old desires come out of ignorance. My question to you guys, I, I, I agree with him, of course. But my question for you guys is, why do we go back to those solutions? I mean, even as Christians who have heard this over and over again, those old ways of looking for contentment, money, uh, relationships, slash uh, sex, uh, success, all those things don't lead to contentment why do, and I'll say we, you know, because we all have those, those kind of things. Why do we go back to those solutions? Um, it seems like as created people, we should be ingrained to search after God. Um, but so, so often we get sucked into looking elsewhere. And so I'm, I'm curious, why do you guys think that happens? Hmm. I think there is comfort in familiarity. Um, even if it's, even if the familiar thing is bad, right? Like it's, it's partly why, uh, people who are in abusive relationships go back 
because it's at least familiar you know it's it's predictable and uh there it's not good but it's predictable and interesting i think we sometimes allow the fear of the unknown to stall us you know to freeze us where we are um yeah comfort and familiarity yeah. that's a good i think that's a good observation Brian, did you have a um well let me i'll, I'll share i'll share my thought if you give you a moment um I also think I, I agree with you, Sean, I hadn't really considered that, but I, I agree with you. I think there's another element also. Um, I don't know if maybe one of you guys shared this, this story with me, or if this is something I read somewhere about a study um, experiment rather that, that somebody had done on, on individuals um, where they had this room uh, with like a green panel or something on it, just something that a very clear color and, and people go into this room and everybody, but one person is kind of in on this thing. And, and everybody's walking around saying, looking at, look at that, look at that red panel. Look at that, look at that red thing. Look at that. It's red, you know, and just in conversation, like, look at that. Why is that red thing there? And this person, like, like, if you read the study, they were at first kind of like, well, that's weird. Isn't that green? You know, but they didn't say anything. And, and at the end, you know, they were asked, Hey, you know, in that room, there was a panel, what color it was? And they said it was red. Uh, uh, like they, they went with the crowd rather than their own observations. Uh, nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I and that makes me think of the way that Christians um, we live in this world, not of this world, but we live in this world. Um, and I'm not trying to set up like the, it's all the world's fault, but we are immersed in in a culture that does uh, just by just by definition offer something other than Jesus, mm. um, and and present it as a necessity, present it as a solution. Um, and of course it's going to do that. I mean, by definition, it's not really an accusation. It's just as kind of part of the def- definition of not being a Jesus follower. Um, if we're surrounded by that all the time and we, we don't surround ourselves by other voices that are calling you back into relationship with Jesus, uh, you're going to end up saying, well, I think that maybe the square is red, right? I think that maybe I should, that maybe I should look to this, um, so I think there's also an element of the voices we let kind of influence um, our thought patterns and the way that the way that we look uh, for our contentment. There are a lot of applications in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did uh, any anything uh, Brent come come to your mind uh, to well, add or? I would just sort of combining both of your thoughts. You know, I I think. Um, I think generally speaking, we all suffer from the idol of our own personal comfort. And being a Christian, um, by definition, means le- living a, a, a non-self-centered and a future-centered, eternity-centered life. Um, and so most of the times we revert back to a fleshly um, answer to contentment because it's now centered and me centered and it, mm-hmm. uh, it gives us comfort and so much of Christianity. And I wish I could say, I, you know, su- you know, uh, was a, an expert in succeeding in this, but, but so much of Christianity is about decisions that are not self-centered and future centered, eternity centered. And so it's just, uh, and we're, we are, you know, we want immediate gratification, you know, and so 
uh, hmm. to me, there's just so much of Christianity that's so counter this world and counter now centered and counter uh, me centered and countered our own comfort. And um, I think it's worth it in the end. I think a lot of things in the end are, you know, uh, are worth it. I was just uh, doing premarital counseling with some folks last night and we were talking about Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. And he talks about, he says, talking about the promise of marriage uh, and the, the freedom in marriage. The freedom of marriage, he says, only comes once we keep a promise. You know, we keep our promise to grow and stay together, love one another, uh, but that's going to cause some discomfort. Um, mm. But we really experience freedom on the other end when we're no longer a slave to our circumstances or our feelings at the moment because we're committed kind of thing. And I think that's sort of a metaphor for Christianity, too, that we only experience freedom once we've gone through the discomfort and the discipline required to, to live that out. So, mm -hmm. I would, yeah. So. Well and that's kind of, kind of both, to me, that kind of perfectly, not perfectly, but puts both of your thoughts together, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, perfectly is a little bit of a. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know why we, I don't know why we spoke. I had the, the biggest, you go first. I am the biggest loser, but, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, mental note, we're going to let Brent ask, ask, answer the next question first. So perfectly, <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. We'll just let you answer. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but w totally. And I think I would just say w what you've said, it kind of draws back from Doug's question there about living with kind of that that not yet fulfilled tension you know and just saying like well that's my life right now uh already already saved not not yet you know what I mean mm -hmm. not yet in heaven um so I think that's a really great I, I, I love that that kind of callback there that's really good well you you said the verse which was a good insight I don't know if that's original to you but you said Jesus didn't say uh uh, store up yourself treasure in heaven. Don't store up yourself treasure here. So there is treasure here. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. That means some type of sacrifice here, usually. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's an interesting point too. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this this last little part of this devotional. He says, as an obedient child of God. You don't have to go back to your old way of ignorance. You don't have to believe the lie that you need more money or a different spouse or a better circumstance to feel content. Um, and so my, I don't know if this is as much of a question, um, maybe, uh, but uh, what I wrote there is that, you know, this means there will be unanswered questions or unresolved problems in various areas of our lives, um, there will be not enough money, <laughs> right? There will mm -hmm. be a not enough success in my career. Um, there will be um, not enough recognition. There will be not enough power. Um, we're supposed to be okay with that. That, that, is, that is a sacrifice that we are called to make, I think. Um, and I think we have to understand that choosing to be content with Jesus means we're choosing to be discontented <laughs> everywhere else. 
I think that's a, I think that's a really, really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of uh, Paul. Paul said, you know, I've had little and I've had much, um, but I've learned to be content in every circumstance. You yeah. know? And, and it's, I've, I've always liked that. Oftentimes I've focused on the learned portion. I was like, Paul didn't start that way. He learned it, right? He developed it. But after thinking of like thinking about it tonight in this context, um, it actually what what's sticking out more than the learned portion is this kind of detachment of contentedness from circumstance. Yeah, right. One hundred percent. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. That the contentment just it's just there, right? Yeah, yeah. What, whatever whatever circumstance you go through, if your contentment is in Jesus, it's as present as Jesus is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that does, and I think, you know, the other side of that coin that we really do need to, like, just acknowledge as we approach circumstances now is that you will be discontented mm-hmm. in these other areas, and you should expect that and and be okay with it, <laughs> Right. Be, be content with it. Be content with it. <laughs> be content with your discontent. With your discontent. Once again, uh, basically, if you just want to, if you just want a summary of this week's podcast, just read Ecclesiastes, <laughs> right. uh, and and you'll pretty much have it. I yep. do feel, just honestly, guys, we're at the end here, and we literally have not made any kind of reference or or illustration based on our friend Aaron Cowan. And so, Aaron, I'm sorry. We typically try to work you into a podcast at least once a week. Um, I don't well, think you listen I, to the I, podcast. I, but... <laughs> I, I, can, I can fit him in here. I can okay, fit him right. in because right. some of Aaron's favorite chords to play are diminished minor chords, which are chords that are structured around dis or dissonance. lack of resolution. Yeah, dissonance. yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's all about tension. That is so biblical, man. No wonder he's a worship leader. That is incredible. <laughs> wow. All right, there you go, Aaron. There you go, I don't Aaron. even know if you listen to this thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think we should just slowly start talking trash about Aaron and see how long it takes him to listen to our podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> a great, great. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, as always for that discussion. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I hope um, that you feel sufficiently discontented right now um, because I feel like that's my duty to you as your brother. Uh, is to is to create feelings of discomfort. You're an expert at that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 you know, I feel like that's one of my spiritual gifts is to make people <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> that's pretty much conversations. Yeah. 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 That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, any any uh, any final words you want to share with uh, the pontificators brent no i was just thinking the only thought i had that i didn't share is well we're uh, out of time thank you for oh. <laughs> <laughs> um no i was just thinking maybe as someone who wasn't a believer listening i was thinking um uh there is something about knowing christ and knowing even though we don't always and we go back to our old ways um we get glimpses of it uh that there is something there is a uh, a way of living of just being content because we have christ and him alone and mm. um I, I was just 
thinking if there was someone that listens that's not a believer, I think we would all say in unison, um, there is somebody that can give you contentness that can't be taken away. That was, Amen. I think that's I think that's well put. In fact, believers, Christians, are the only people who truly have contentment. Would would be kind of my argument, right? It's not a question of like we're the ones struggling with all this discontentment. Um, it's that we actually have, I, I believe, and I've experienced, and I think you guys have too, and I've seen other people experience. We actually have um, the possibility for true um, a contentment beyond circumstance, right? Well said. And we have the person. Person who yeah. provides it. That's right. Yeah. All right, Sean. So, so we'll bid you farewell for the next several weeks. Um, yes, our months or years, whatever. Would you like to just, you know, because we have because we won't we won't see you back on the uh, podcast for a while. Uh, do you want to offer any um, projected what's big in your uh, life observations based on the next several weeks? So what's going to be big in your life next week? Oh, goodness. Uh, we've got new tenants moving in next week. I, I presume that will probably be big in my life next week. Yeah. All right. What's going but, to be big in your life in four weeks? In four weeks? Uh, what is, what's the date in four weeks? I, I suppose it's the end I think of he's July, baiting right? he's baiting you with a sabbatical question. And uh, I think <laughs> no, he was I'm, like, hoping, I'm hoping for radical life change, like, <laughs> like, like Mohawk. Oh, oh, I thought you were one of the spiritual answer. No, 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 no. Okay. Like what's going to be big in your life? Um, This tattoo I got across my chest. It's huge. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, In four weeks, end of June, end of July. um, Yeah, I I don't know. I'll win the lottery. Oh, well, you will not be content. No. I'll tell you that right now. Worth a try. Worth a shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you uh, once again for listening. Episode seven in the books. Um, awesome, guys. I mean, it doesn't, this podcast doesn't look a day over eight episodes long. So well done. <laughs> Wonderful. That's right where we want to be. All right. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye bye.